If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. Uh, today we're joined by a good friend of mine, Rob Williams. Rob is head of coaching at Shrewsbury Football Club and um, one of the things I, I was really keen to chat to him about today was how he's been using lockdown to continue personal development and, and development for his staff and um, I'm sure you'll uh, agree once listening to this. They've got some fantastic ways of doing that. They've really thought outside the box with where they draw their inspiration and, and curiosity from, uh, both football and beyond. So a really, really interesting chat. Um, there's a, a few things in there, some recommendations from Rob and myself on how us as football coaches can look, listen, or watch other things outside of our football bubble, which can spark curiosity and help us develop so a fascinating listen that goes outside of just our football bubble but all around uh, coach development so I'm sure you'll enjoy it an interesting story from Rob and his former life as an electrician before he went into coaching and coach development so um, have a listen please do subscribe and, and share um, give us a, a like and it does help grow the podcast so um, have a listen myself and Rob Williams said of coaching at Shrewsbury Good morning, Mr. Rob Williams. Good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, great, mate. Great to speak to you. Uh, I know I've had the pleasure of talking to you on the phone a few times during this lockdown, but again, thanks for being with us today. Um, before pleasure. we uh, get into the meat and start talking all the the good stuff today, for, for those people listening, can you tell us who is Rob Williams? Um, I guess, Lee, that depends how long you've got. <laughs> um, uh, so it's I've, I've been in and around teaching, coaching, education for twenty about twenty three years, I think, something like that, twenty four years. So so a fair chunk of my working life, um, and I guess from in that time I've probably done everything. So you know, after school clubs, PE lessons, um, teaching in colleges, running college academy programs tutoring mentoring bits and pieces abroad um you know which has all kind of culminated in the last three years in, in time sort of the head of coaching position but i think that the, the the thing that kind of always when i talk about this sort of stuff that kind of makes me think back and reflect back on stuff was that coaching and teaching was never on the agenda um, oh, wow. so leaving school in 89 i think first year of gcse's when they were proper exams um we you know if i'd said to our careers person whoever that was which was probably someone doubling up from a, a maths teacher or whatever i wanted a coach and, and do that as a job i would imagine they'd have laughed it off and um suggested i sort myself out so um <laughs> you, you may not know i qualified as an electrician okay um, on leaving school and did an apprenticeship um back in the day so i spent four five years going through that process. Um, and actually, I think that's played a big part in kind of where I'm at now and who I am now and, and maybe part, part of my development. So I don't think it was in any way wasted. Um, and it also probably led me to to end up getting involved in coaching um, in a kind of roundabout way. So at the time, I was, I was playing a bit of sort of lower level amateur football, I suppose. Um, and, and a lad who I played with was... Uh, a student at Birmingham University and I was on the staff as an electrician at the University of Birmingham um, and he was doing his prelim and so it was a week at Birmingham Uni run through Birmingham County Football Development Tom Stack who a lot of if anyone listening is a, a Birmingham based coach will, will know very well um, and he was like oh you come and do it like have a week off work and you know this that and the other and, and I did it for a week off work and a bit of a laugh if I'm honest 
Um, and it changed. It changed. Well, it's changed my life. Do you know what I mean? It was. It's really weird thinking back about that. But it was back in the day when sort of going through a prelim or what, what the equivalent level two um, was maybe a less um, user-friendly experience than it might be now for, for learners. Um, and it turned out eight out of 40 passed. And I was one of the eight. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I probably, before before jumping on it and embarking on it, I, didn't, I, I probably knew nothing about coaching, maybe even less than nothing about coaching. I've definitely never been coached. Um, and so, yeah, really interesting. And you know, I often, you know, I have these conversations with people at, on a few occasions over the over the years. And it, yeah, who'd have thought that I'd end up doing this now? So yeah, been a real varied, um, and we may touch on bits of that, I guess, as we go. But um, yeah, real varied kind of learning journey that's got got me to where I'm at now. That's mad. I, I never knew that. I didn't know that one, mate. What well, I guess I my fact, question. I most people don't know that, mate. To be fair, unless I kind of have this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then. So, so my question off the back of that then would be, what was it about that that week that you did? I know you said initially it was a week off work, but what was it about that that made you sort of start to think, oh, I like this, or get the bug maybe? <clears throat> and then later down the line, second part to my question, was there a time where you thought, oh, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna almost transition careers or go and give this career path a go? And move away from from being an electrician. Um, I think the thing that the thing that did it was was probably a couple of the tutors. Do you think passing, as they said, only one of being eight out of forty? Do you think that gave you a bit of a? Oh, actually, I could be quite good at this. With, if, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, it was. Um, so the tutors on it were were. Although it would be, I would imagine it would be deemed old school now. Although. I'm not, it's just different for me, it's just different school, but, you know, people going through the process now would, would deem the process I went through as an old school coach education process. Um, pass or fail, you know, you get assessed on a couple of sessions and if you don't tick the boxes, you don't pass and and all that stuff. Um, there was very little um, probably thinking and reflecting going on at the time. It was literally learn some sessions, learn some detail and almost try and copy that and and produce a, a session that ticked those boxes. So I was clearly good at that and been able to replicate stuff. You know, um, I think I'm a very different, different coach and different person now, but obviously I was, I was good at that at the time. Um, the tutors were, were really, for me, were really engaging. Um, it was probably one of the, the, the best learning experiences at the time I'd been through. Um, and I felt like I learned loads and I certainly realised that, although I never played at a really high level, I, I felt that I had never been coached. Mm. And that was really interesting for me because um, they were talking about stuff. And, I, you know, I'd, I'd played since, God, you know, primary school, Cubs, when, you know, school football was a big thing and, and whatever yeah, else. So, yeah. um, you know, Saturday morning school sport and all that, you know, back in the day was, was a big thing. So, you know, it was... At the time, it was parents and teachers doing their best. You know, they weren't really coaches. So it made me realise I'd never been coached. It gave me the bug into the fact that I felt that those tutors, those teachers had taught me loads. Um, I also realised I didn't, I didn't know a lot. And if I was going to sort of go somewhere with it, I needed to learn a lot, which is what led me to going back, you know, packing in work and going back to college in the end and, and you know, uni and blah 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 and all that sort of stuff which again we might touch on but um it was a real good learning experience for me um and i think you're right off the back of it knowing that you know i was one of the few that, that kind of managed to get through at the end of it was a was a real kind of you know put your shoulders back and all right okay i might i might be all right there might be something about this and listen i think the work i was doing was um I was, I was on the maintenance electrician staff at the university. It was mind-numbing. You know, if I think back, it was it was dull as a dull thing. <laughs> uh, you know, no thought. It was easy. I was earning good money, you know, in comparison to a lot of my mates who'd lost whatever, disposable income and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, that, that was great. But actually, as it turns out, it was clearly not really what I wanted to do. But I also don't think at the time, you know, at school, we were never in school PE and stuff teaching leadership coaching you know was never really a thing 
Mm. So, so I think it was, it may have been different had I gone through school, I don't know, 10 years later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. As much as the, the job was frustrating, like you said, having a good salary, having a car, all this stuff, that might have been hard to leave behind to then go back and re-study. How, how was that for you and what, yeah, what, was, what did that open up? What doors did that open for you then? It, it opened up all the doors, if I'm honest. So I within probably, I couldn't tell you the exact months, I, within, I probably completed my prelim around sort of December time of, of the one year. And by the following August, September, I was back at college. So I'd packed in work, sold my car. I was living at home with my parents. I was a little bit old. I was like, you know, early 20s. So, but I was still living at home. So, you know, I, I had limited, you know, uh, bills. Um, and so I went back to college and I, I went to Solihull College and uh, got straight onto a HMD. So I, I missed out the sort of the post GCSE pre HMD type qualification on your B techs that would exist now, A levels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because of kind of prior experience they recognized some of the stuff i'd done in terms of you know apprenticeship and learning and whatever else and although the the, the theme or the topic of study was different they they took into account that i had you know qualifications in another area that that demonstrated academic competence i guess and what um, were you going into study mate what were you going to I, I did again the, the range of sports courses were not as broad as they are now so i did a hnd in uh sports management okay so um, at Solihull College and had a great, to be fair, had a great time, loved it. Um, so this you know, is must be, this is where you're already thinking about potentially a career in sport or coaching or teaching of some sort. Without, yeah. Without a doubt, I, I, I kind of knew from kind of deciding to finish what I was doing and go back to study that I was going to have a change of career in some way, whether it's teaching, coaching or a bit of both, whatever it might be, that was kind of where I was going to go. Um, and so and I, and I guess again a little bit of luck I guess a little bit but I think I also think you make your own luck you know you, and you put yourself out there and you create your own opportunities so um, the sports development officer at Solihull College at the time was Rachel Pavlo who is now I couldn't tell you her official title but she went from Solihull College to the FA and she's still at the FA um, okay she's she one of the, the driving forces behind the development of the women's game so she was our sports development officer at the college and I got to know Rach and um, over the course of, um, you know, studying and playing for the college and whatever else, I was coming towards the end of my two years and I, I started to get involved in, I did like my higher sports leaders award and that kind of thing, doing some stuff in schools and, and whatever and, and doing some open days and stuff for the college and soccer camps and all that, that stuff. And, um, she offered me the chance to coach the college teams the following year after leaving college. So um, I finished college and then the following year um, just started picking up bits of part-time work after school clubs locally. Um, I got involved with Villa soccer schools um, and did summer camps and stuff for those. And then I was coaching the college teams. Um, so I was still around the college um, you know, two or time, two or three times a week coaching and, and taking the games for the team. Um, was really lucky. Was around some really good players. Um, we had a really good, what at the time was a really good college football program. Um, and off the back of that, then the college started offering me a little bit of teaching work. So I just picked up a few hours here and there, a bit of teaching, a bit of assessing around coaching. And that was the start of it. And it was literally that. Um, and it's really funny thinking back. So um, Mike Scott, who is now head of coaching at Derby, who you'll know. Yeah, Mike's um, been on this one. He played yeah. in my college team. Okay. So he was one of the players in my college team. Brilliant. Um, and, you know, just little things. And just obviously when I speak to Mike, which I do, you know, fairly regular, we often sort of reminisce about those days. And we, had a, we had a good team and, you know, went on to do fairly well and stuff. And, you know, I, I encountered like Mark Fogarty, who was coaching Solihull Stick Forms teams at the time. And then my first full-time opportunity around football came with Mark. So he used to run a local full-time um, private football development programme and he offered me a full-time job. So that was kind of my first entry into full-time work. 
and I still did a bit of part-time teaching and stuff alongside and, and ended up working in, in that for a few years. So um, it all sort of joined together, I think. Do you know what I mean? Really kind of, again, little little bit of luck, I guess. Um, but I also think, like I said before, you you know, you put yourself out, you put yourself in the right place, you work hard, you get your head down and you, you, you network with the right people and you create those opportunities yourself, I think. So um, that was a start, really. Oh, class. The, you said there about <clears throat> you're doing the coaching and picking up the coaching hours, but you touched on about um, doing some sort of tutoring, assessing type stuff as well early on. So I guess the coach development arm of, of what is now your major focus in your role. How how was that? And, and sort of, because obviously, I guess when, when you get into coaching, the, the first, for most people, you think about working with players, don't you? But You've there, you've now, and, and since as your career's gone on, started to move into the the coach development role. How did you find that early on, and was that so? It was was that something that interested you and has led you to to pursue the the role that you're in now, or or did you just again was that something that just kind of evolved and happened as you went through your career? Uh, initially, it just evolved. So they just asked, or they offered the opportunity to. Literally, I picked up maybe two or three hours a week of, of sort of teaching. Um, and it went. I'll be, I'll be honest. It was a little bit. Um, I was a bit of a fish out of water initially. Um, what was know, it? Do you think that, that? Why? Why did they ask you? Do you think? What was it? Certain qualities you had as a coach, um, or, or why do you think they sort of approached you about doing some tutoring and, and supporting other I, staff? I think they must have. Well, they must have seen something, and I, I probably never had that conversation with him. If I'm honest, um, so there must have been something they thought, but. I guess going through, having spent two years at the college as a student and then getting involved with the football, they'd got a bit of time to kind of get to know me. Yeah. The more senior staff who were who were, would have been the people who sort of offered me the, the sort of casual teaching hours, I guess. Um, I did fairly well at college, you know what I mean? I, I, I worked hard. I didn't want to waste it, you know what I mean? I recognised that I was a little bit older than most of the other students that I was around. So arguably I was behind although the experience that i had before potentially gave me something you know i'd been around adults i'd worked do you know what i mean i knew what it was yeah, like yeah. To, to work with adults and behave you know a bit more you know more adult way perhaps and um you know knew how to perhaps have a conversation and you know i'd, I'd gone through that sort of bit of growing up i guess and I, I certainly grew up a lot going through that kind of apprenticeship type process um so they must have seen something, you know, and I, I, you know, I also worked hard when I was there and they must have seen that. And, you know, I'd obviously sort of progressed through the college, through education, into a bit of work in that field. I guess they may have thought that it was maybe kind of demonstrated that there was a, a pathway, you know, so it was kind of good for other students to see that there was a, you know, you could study there and then there was there was potential opportunity to go and get work and, and, and get yourself some jobs. And yeah, so I guess yeah, yeah. a few boxes. I never had the conversation with him, if I'm honest. Um, you know, and it, and and teaching was again was never something that I ever thought about. Um, it was daunting, I'll be honest, for when I started it. Um, found it difficult probably early on. Do you know what I mean? But fair play, the college were great. They put me through my my sort of what I think at the time was called like a City and Guild seven three oh seven was the was the the level one teaching qual. So they put me through a teaching qualification, you know, so um, they, were, they were really helpful in terms of that. Um, I learned, but I learned loads. And, it, and it, without a doubt, those those experiences are what have gave, gave me the bug in it now, that, that ended up with me now doing what I'm doing. Um, if I hadn't done that, I would not be doing what I'm doing now with, yeah. without a shadow doubt, you know. So, um, you know, and I think back to teachers at school even, and I, I think about the – you know, like, like everybody, you think about the one or two who you hated, you know, and all their traits. So so my next question then is, because <clears throat> I want to talk about your role as head of coach and head of coaching and, and some of the stuff you're doing at the minute. But how did you come to to, to get the head of coaching role and, and sort of find yourself in a coach development role full time at, at a professional club? How did that come about? So um, so since kind of the, the time we're talking about and, and Pre coming in as head of coaching at Warsaw, I worked in I worked in community departments in clubs. I worked in academies part time. I worked in non league. You know, I worked with senior women's in the senior women's game at a good level at Villa and so on. So I kind of I made it a bit of a 
a mission to get myself as much experience as I could. And, and, and along the way, back in the day, one of the things that I was lucky enough to kind of get involved in when it was started was kind of the tutoring piece of work with the FA. So at the time when, you know, what are now classed as affiliate tutors were were being taken on through counties, I went through that process and obviously I've been lucky enough to be doing that for now 20, 20 years, maybe 18 years, I think, tutoring. So, you know, was was teaching, was coaching, you know, did some work in FE colleges full time. Um, and the last the last role I had was with a, a private um, education company, but still working in sport. And okay. heads of coaching jobs were were kind of being advertised. They were they were a new thing, as you well know. You know, a few years ago now, um, saw them advertised. Um, I'd I'd come out of full time work in a club to go back into education. I'd spent a few years working in education and I, I just fancied getting back into a club and the club environment. And these head of coaching jobs were, I thought, kind of fitted my skill set. Um, and so happened and just applied for the Warsaw role. Um, it was the first head of coaching role I'd applied for. Um, was away in America over that summer, to be fair, doing some work. Um, got invited for interview, which we delayed a little bit because I was away. Um, came back, went through the interview process, and, and obviously was was kind of lucky enough to get it, I think. Um, and so, so it was really just that that I happened to to see that the, those jobs were being advertised, and that was the first one that I saw and then went for. Um, I know there was the, and there was a few before that that I'd, I'd either not seen or whatever. Um, and and so jumped at it, and I just I just felt like it. It suited where I was at, and at the time, I think it suited my skill set and the experiences and stuff that I, you know, picked up over God knows, you know, all those years, and um, you know, in and around the game at different different points at different levels. Um, I think it was kind of the right thing for me at the time, and and you know, I think hopefully touch what it's turned out to be to be the case. So, obviously, then I spent two years at Warsaw, um, and and. You know, due to circumstance, probably wouldn't have left. Um, but the opportunity came up at, at Shrewsbury, and it was just the right time, as sometimes things are, to, to, to move from, from Warsaw to Shrewsbury last September. So I've been in a head of coaching role for almost three years, but that's been split across, across obviously, the two clubs. Yeah. No, great insight, that, mate. So one of the one of the many reasons I wanted to get, get you on is to chat about... <clears throat> some of the work that you have been doing, but but more importantly, or more interestingly for me, some of the work you're doing right now. Now, anyone who's who's got social media will have seen some of the excellent work that, that Shrewsbury have been doing for their staff during this current circumstance. So can you, can you give us a little bit of an insight into one, why you personally find it important to continue that and, and how you are being creative um, to continue or to make the most of the situation we're in because I find that really quite fascinating to, to see to see what you're doing and how you're making the most out of a, a bad situation as such um, yeah. and then we'll start to touch on some of the things that could be classed as outside the box that you're looking into for your staff and your personal development but tell me yeah. about lockdown for you guys and, and what that's kind of consisted of because I'm, I'm really I'm really interested in, in hearing about that um, I think the first thing to probably note, mate, is that, that we've been really lucky. Um, and, and, and sometimes you, you know, circumstance meant I move from one club to another. You know, you sometimes wonder whether you're making the right move or not and, and whatever else. But actually, not just because of the current circumstance, but even before that, but the, the current circumstance dictates or shows me that I made the right move, as it turns out. So, and the club have been unbelievable. So, you know, we, we've still got, of our, of our full-time academy staff, of which there's um, 12 of us, six of us are still working and have worked all the way through. So the other six have been furloughed, but 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 a number of us have been working all the way through. So there's been real commitment from the club in that respect to maintain the work we're doing with with not just the staff, but the players and, and so on. So we, we've had a real um, good good level of support from the club, which I think is really important. So I guess we've been lucky in that respect because a lot of clubs of our, certainly of our size have, have, have not been as lucky in terms of number of staff working and, and so on. 
And the, the other thing I think is, you know, I think that, that this role that, that I do and that obviously you've done before and, and others do, it's about opportunity, I think. So I see our role about is about providing opportunity for the staff in whatever way, shape or form that might be and to give them um, one, some some food for thought, so almost to, to poke them and challenge them and give them something to be thinking about. And, you know, typically, as you well know, in a, a week, normal week, a normal month, a normal season, you're kind of on that hamster wheel and, you know, you're trying to support staff as best you can across that period of time. But it's, all, it's actually very difficult to find the time sometimes to do it because, you know, actually getting a group of staff together at any point is really challenging. And it just kind of occurred to me at the start of this sort of lockdown piece that we're never going to get this opportunity again, hopefully. You know, hopefully we're not going to be locked down again and, you know, in this kind of situation. So it was a, although it was difficult and a challenge and, you know, we've all got, you know, we've all dealt with it in, in, and had it easier or more difficult than others. But for me, it was a massive opportunity. And, and one of the, the early conversations between myself and the academy manager was we need to, we need to grab hold of it as best we can. So, we we literally have, as well as doing stuff every day, every week with players between us as a group of staff, I wanted to make sure that we gave our staff something every week. Um, and it's evolved into some weeks more than once a week. And there's been real buy-in from the staff. And what it what it has done, it's, it's helped develop that buy-in, I think, to this kind of coach development, personal development piece. Because, look, as, as you well know, Sometimes for coaches, certainly part-time coaches in clubs, you know, me saying, you know, you know, I want you to come and do this, I want you to come and do that, and it can, it's another thing they've got to do, and it adds to their the demands. We're we're already demanding a lot from them, so we've now got a time when we're, we're demanding a lot less because there's no players. They're not they're not in the club. They're not coaching or whatever else. So I can give them more. They can engage with it more, and actually, hopefully, it makes them think that. Blimey, there's some really good stuff out there. I want a bit more of it. And and so hopefully, and, and certainly I know for some of them it's definitely done that. Hopefully it's sort of generated some curiosity for them to want to know more and want to then start to drive their own development, you know, um, as opposed to probably in, like me in most clubs, head to coaching and driving a lot of that development. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and to recognise that CPD or coach development or whatever you want to call it, personal development is not going on a course you know going on a course is part of it and you know we all have to go on courses because we have to tick a number of boxes to 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 maintain our vocational competence and you know tick a number of boxes for audit and so on but actually there's so much more out there and and unless they're exposed to it they don't know about it and they, and again my job i think is about trying to expose them to as much stuff as possible and sometimes you know we may touch on a bit it can be it may be quite random stuff that that they have to think about how does that really apply to them do you know what i mean so it's you know it's not always and it doesn't have to be football for example then there may be other stuff that we can be thinking about so it's been a real opportunity and it's listen i, I think it's been brilliant and now you know i would say that because i've partly driven it but <laughs> i think yeah i think the feedback from the staff will will back up that they've loved it and and it's it, i think it'll have a real positive effect on us moving forward yeah i think the challenge moving forward is going to be how i maintain it you know if i think about what we were doing typically there was obviously lots of individual stuff going on and you know supporting coaches maybe either through qualifications or you know observations and feedback and you know, linked to the action plans and stuff. So there was lots of that. And then we might do typically little phase get-togethers once every six, seven weeks. And then we, we only got the staff together as a whole, probably, well, it would have been three times, but obviously we'd locked down. We got them together twice. You know, whereas now we've had them together, all of them, once a week for, what, 11 weeks, 12 weeks? Yeah, week? yeah. No, fascinating. Well, I, I have to pay testament to it. I was fortunate enough to, to sit in on one recently and I thought that, it was it was excellent and I mean this respectfully because when I was at, at Northampton as a smaller club it's not often easy to get the level of 
deliverers that that you've managed to get at any time. So I can hundred percent see the the value. And I think you touched on it there about sparking curiosity in the coaches. I guess if if they then back in the season if they're going away and and listening to extra things or watching or researching some of the things that you've just opened the door to, I guess that's that's a way of you keeping it going, isn't it? In in when we do get back to some form of a busy normal life again. Um, but one of the questions I was going to ask, mate, can you can you give us a, not necessarily share any of your <clears throat> your secrets or whatever you guys have took for the club, but what are the sort of things that you've you've focused on with the the coaches? Any specific areas or, or genres that you've been lucky enough to have guest speakers in? And and then can you tell us a little bit about? I know me and you spoke on the phone for some of your your areas of focus are outside of football, so I'm really keen to see how you're using other influences but who 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 or what have you had on for your staff as, as a first um so if let me just jump back one little bit so initially it it's evolved a lot since we so since probably week week one and two it, and now week 12 whatever it is it's evolved a lot so we, we we've sort of now we now are taking a bit of a sort of almost a, a sort of two-pronged approach so we decided after a couple of weeks to go right we'll we'll, we'll there's an opportunity for us in terms of a club to extend our network, raise our profile, um, do some really good work, um, as well as the work we're doing for our staff. So we've typically gone, um, although I know last night ended up being a Tuesday because we couldn't get him on Monday, but we've been going Tuesdays has very much been internal. So um, we've done stuff that's more specific to us and our staff. Okay. So, and is that is that driven by you, or is that with external speakers and, and guests? So a of, yeah, a bit of both. So, um, a number of them have been delivered by us as internal staff. So myself, cadre manager, phase leads have delivered. Um, but then also we've 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 been a bit more. We've been quite selective about some of the people. So, um, one you know people like uh, you may come across Danny Newcomb. Okay. So, Danny is a sort of he's, he's a lecturer at Oxford Brooks, I believe. I met him through our EHOC program, and um, he's a he's a you know his background is in teaching and learning. So one of the things I wanted to do with our staff was around how we plan for effective teaching and learning, and so I got him to deliver a, a session around that um, because it's his area of expertise. So recognize. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to recognise, you know, we're not all experts in everything. So, you know, you need to, but, but very relevant to our staff, something they, they need to be thinking about, something that they need to be doing week in, week out, session in, session out. Um, so for me, like almost like a must-have for them. And I think there's, for me, there's kind of like must-haves and nice-to-haves a little bit. So for me, that was a must. Um, the stuff we've done around our, our new APP is a must the stuff around our playing style and how we coach is a must. So that's been the kind of Tuesday night approach. Um, but then we we had a conversation, myself and our academy manager, around the fact that we get access to like EHOC and he gets access to EAM, the, the Premier League, our development programmes. And that's where we get exposed to, to a real broad range of, you know, content and speakers and you know, and it really sort of starts to challenge your thinking a little bit. And we could expose our staff to something similar, which we wouldn't normally get to do. So we then start to broaden it out. And that's where some of the other stuff has started to come about. So um, the guy last night from from the Belgian FA, um, we've had Jack Ross, who was the Sunderland manager on the Sunderland Until I Die season two. Um, who's a friend of the academy? So we've friend of the academy managers, a couple of guys from the states who the academy manager knows. Um, Jesse Marsh, again, who's now Red Bull Salzburg coach, but was at Red Bull uh, Red Bulls New York when our academy manager was there. And we've literally just gone through people we know, um, and you know through our networks and through you know Twitter's a great tool as you know. Um, to link in with people. Um, and, and we've literally begged, borrowed, stolen, you know, um, to try and get as many varied people involved as we can. And then we've 
we've typically opened up one session a week to lots of people. So hence you came on last night. Um, we've had heads of coaching on, you know, we've had FA staff on, we've had PFA staff sitting on stuff we've done. We've had guys from clubs in the States sitting on stuff, you know, and we've just invited like all kinds of different people on to, to have a listen. Um, we did a heads of coaching one last Monday, Monday before. So myself, Stu English, Mick Housel at West Brom, delivered a little bit around what we're doing and what we do and then did like a Q&A panel. So we've tried to sort of mix it up a little bit. And for some of those, so from the, I don't know, I think about, um, so maybe the Jack Ross uh, session we did, some real clear messages that have come out of it, which I'll touch on in a minute, that have come out of lots of stuff we've done. But stuff that maybe won't necessarily impact on our coaches week to week, session to session, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of nice to have, really interesting, loads of really good information out of it. Whereas the stuff about teaching, learning, again, loads of great information, but we'll definitely support what they do week to week. So we've tried to kind of mix it up a little bit and some of it has been a bit more broad and some of it been a bit more focused on, on us as a club. The interesting thing that has come out across the board, whether it's been, I don't know, senior first-team coaches that have been delivering stuff, whether it's been FA stuff that, uh, staff that have delivered stuff, whether it's been um, other heads of coaching, whether it's been people from other sports that have delivered stuff. A real interesting piece around um, character and the person and the importance of that sort of psych social attributes of coaches and players and how important that is compared to tech tech physical stuff yeah yeah um, and do you think that will shape your future work with your coaches then um it's it's been something we've been we've been working on over the breaks we've been working on our new performance plan and you know, unlike a lot of bigger clubs, we you know we're quite limited in terms of how we support, probably from a social perspective. So we've started to look a little bit more kind of deeply about what are we doing within practice for coaches and for players to support from a psych social standpoint. What are we doing? What do we look for? What do we want, and why? How does it fit with our values? We've started to do a piece of work really about what are our values and what does that really look like? You know, so I guess a lot like a lot of clubs, we had some values and they were on a document and they were lovely and they were great words. And it sounded lovely, but we started having conversations around, but what does that really mean? What does that really look like? And how are we as coaches going to demonstrate that? And then what, how are we going to make sure players, one, understand it, and two, they are demonstrating those, those core values and the impact that might have on players moving forward. So it's been, it's been really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> One thing I was going to ask you, mate, before we go on to another question I've got, you, you said there about, you, you touched on, if I'm to use your words, you begged, stole and borrowed and called upon network and friends, etc., to to get this. How, how important is, I'm conscious we've got a few of our listeners that might be grassroots or work independently. Do you, how much do you recommend that, people just reach out and ask and and actually understand there is quite a lot of people out there who are willing to share and open up. I mean, you, you work even in the pro game and you've, you said there that you're, you're asking for favours and stuff to help with personal or group development. Um, is that something that you'd recommend grassroots coaches as well? Just going and, and trying to I, I reach think out. It's for me, listen, I think it's, it's huge. You know, it, it's it's massive, and and I, I lockdown has demonstrated there's there's lots of sharing and lots of people are willing to share. Yeah, and and even before lockdown, I'm you know, and I'm sure you're you know you'll 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 know yourself that you know the nature of the way people share stuff now is so different to ten years ago, five years ago even. You know, there, there was there was there was a time when you know people, oh yeah, I'm not you know I, I I'm not going to show you that because you know I might be giving away my secrets. Well. You know, th- those days were going anyway, if not gone. And, you know, I think lockdowns demonstrate they, they are well on the way out and, and people are very, very willing to share stuff. And I, I think across the piece, you know, you've got to be a little bit busy sometimes. 
Um, not to the point of, you know, be, be, becoming a pain, but you've got to busy yourself with, with getting out there. And I think about, you know, often, you know, often through, you know, teaching and education stuff, I often think about how do we learn stuff? So we learn stuff through, we might learn stuff through going on courses and that, you know, and grassroots coaches go on a level one and you'll, and they'll, they'll learn a bit. Some will learn lots. Um, you know, just like we will go on an A license or advanced youth award and we'll learn, you know, a lot or a bit, whatever. But that, that, that learning is very limited unless you then go and do something about it and start to extend that learning even further. So you've then got to create opportunities, I think. And, you know, those opportunities aren't going to be created by, for you. You have to go and create those opportunities. And to do that, you've got to be a little bit busy. Um, and you've got to, you know, be prepared to put yourself out there a little bit sometimes. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're now delib- we're doing stuff with grassroots clubs locally deliberately. So we're trying to make sure that, you know, uh, you know, there are, there are, there are, that's our core recruitment tool for players and potentially for coaches down the line. So why aren't we doing more with our local clubs? So we've been doing stuff over lockdown with grassroots clubs, you know, sharing, you know, our foundation leads done some stuff with a, a club. I've done a little presentation, you know, our youth phase lead will be doing one just to, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Here's why we do it. You know, there's no, there's no secrets. We're not hiding anything. If you want to come and have a look, come and have a look because I think it's, it's vital. And, and that's come about through a, a conversation with a grassroots coach. We've done, or in the past, I've done sort of open nights for grassroots coaches to come in and see what we do and share a bit of bits and pieces. We do volunteer stuff at the club now, which is, you know, again, is part of our, selfishly, part of our succession planning for staff. You know, selfishly, it might develop some links with grassroots clubs that might help us with player recruitment down the line. But it's also going to, provide an opportunity for those coaches that want to take that opportunity so i think it's huge you know whether you're whether you're level one and you're working with the under 10s at whatever club you're at or whether you are a license working in a club for me it's no different you know yeah. you, you've got to try and identify opportunities that are going to help you go and get better and develop your own yeah. self and your own learning and people aren't just going to give them to you I mean, listen, I'll take that back. In some cases, some cases you might get, you know, given those opportunities because you know someone who will invite you onto something. But if you don't and, and they're not, then you've got to go out and, and create those opportunities somehow. And, you know, listen, people are, I think, more than willing to share. And if they're not, well, then maybe they're the wrong person to go to in the first place, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, we got a, lot of, a lot of time on our hands at the minute. And I, I see, and I've done it myself, as a football coach wanting to to continue to to develop myself and keep working on my craft there's a not there's a temptation to to go on every course and, and do and, and it's quite obvious where a lot of the stuff can come from whether that's uh, fa youtube or videos or any, anywhere on on twitter you can see lots of football specific stuff if they're the kind of people you follow but how can coaches and, and and how have you been thinking outside the box to try and continue either your personal development or, or what sort of things are you looking into that you think can help you in your role or help coaches in their football role because I know we spoke before but you're you're taking a lot of inspiration and, and looking deep into other sports to try and improve your football world can yeah. you tell us a bit about that and I'm thinking some of our listeners might be able to then go off like I said be curious and and learn lessons and, and draw things from other areas. Yeah, I think, um, so the first thing probably to, to, to say, I, I've become, and I, I wasn't, I've become a really, um, what's the word? I've become a, a lifelong learner. I would never have thought that at school. Um, you know, bang average GCSEs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, clearly not an academic whatever, you know, somehow I've ended up with a postgrad qualification, et cetera, but I've become a learner. And and I guess that's why I've ended up doing the jobs I do because, you know, I I recognise the value in learning and and being curious about stuff. So I think, listen, I think you can, you can go on courses and courses and courses and listen, I may have been guilty of that in the past and I, I genuinely, I do think a lot of coaches potentially will go and just do a course and a course and a course and I question sometimes the value in that um, because you, 
you've got to get the opportunity and the experience in between the courses for me to make it valuable. But it, the, the lockdown piece for me has, has, has opened up a number of doors for me. So um, I guess, again, being curious, I've, um, I've, I've been all over Netflix and Prime and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people have. And I've been, I started watching just because it was there. Um, some of these um, uh, all or nothing uh, American football um, programs, documentaries, whatever you want to call them. Uh, yeah. And again, I guess then you, you can you can sit and watch, can't you? Or you can sit and you can observe and you can start to look. And I guess I guess just like going to a game, there's a difference. You can watch it, or you can go and really watch it and really look at it. And there's a difference in there. So I probably really watched and really looked at those couple of documentaries and it really got me thinking about what what do they do why do they do it that way and is there something that we can pinch or is there stuff that they're doing that we can take out of that and and i looked at two things in particular made, made me curious so you've got a sport where there's 60 odd players on a roster squad so i'm even using the right the right language there. <laughs> you've got 60 odd players in a roster and you've got potentially 20 to 30 coaching staff or staff working with those players. So how does that work? How do you effectively pull that all together? So what does that look like in a, in a co-coaching context to make the most of that? And then I also watched, it was really interesting watching the players about how they study film and how they use analysis and, and that sort of stuff. So that made me think, you know, and you see them on these documentaries. They're going into a classroom, so the quarterbacks might go in, four or five of them. They're watching film. They're sat with notebooks. They're taking notes. They're learning all these plays. You know, that they're, they're learners. You know, and I, and I then think, right, how does that trans? How does that transfer to our, say, our under eighteen group? And how could we make our under 18s better learners? And how could we do more with? Um, I don't know analysis and how that looks and get them to drive more of that themselves and so it just it just makes it made me think about and got me curious and then I guess then the busy bit is about right who do you reach out to so I don't you know I don't know any American football coaches and didn't know any American I now know three American football coaches and you just put some stuff out there you know and and through the people that you may have had some contact with and whatever you get a message going, oh, you should speak to this person. Okay. So then you drop a message to that person. Then before you know it, you're having Zoom calls with a high school coach in Virginia. And then you're having a Zoom Zoom call with um, a coach who's based in the UK, who coaches the Buffalo Bills, you know, and, and this kind of stuff. And, you know, that that's the busy piece. That's the bit about putting yourself out there and, you know, don't be afraid to go, you know, I need some help. Can somebody help me? Who knows somebody that can, or if you can't help me, do you know someone who can help me? Um, and and I genuinely think there's something in these other sports. The basketball thing got me thinking about, you know, that I know it was the the Michael Jordan documentary and whatever else, and you know, very inspirational. Again, you talk about character and whatever else, but then you look at, so I look at someone like a Rodman, who, however extreme he may be, and however extreme his behaviour, his character may be. And the challenges that brings to the coach, which is another thing altogether. But then there's there's clips in there of him studying film so that he knows when player A takes a shot from position A, if he hits the rim, it will it will bounce to here. So he puts himself in the right spot. So it's no surprise that his rebounding stats were, were so high. So it, it just gets me, for me, it gets me curious. And I'm not, so you know, you know you're not just sitting watching a, a program you're for well, for me i'm i'm observing and looking and right what what's actually going on and that's i guess the nature of kind of my background and where it's got me to it makes me curious and yeah. so then the, the the return of that is i then want my coaches to be curious so that i'm then not driving development they start to drive it themselves because they are curious and again you then come back to this period of 12 weeks whatever you're putting we're putting stuff on to hopefully get them a bit curious about stuff which hopefully at some point post lockdown and when we are back on that 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 hamster wheel that they continue to be curious 
if that yeah. makes sense. What one thing that I've taken from that's a massive point there you, you've touched on is is about being curious, but but looking at things through a specific lens. I think you're not just watching it as a as a on the sofa as a a sports fan just enjoying a program are you you're you're specifically like you said you're watching those programs from a coaching perspective or constantly asking what can I take from this or how would that look in football or so I think that the the most important thing is not only going on these courses or, or watching these things or listening to these things it's the questions you're asking yourself and sort of the the seat you're sitting in when you're looking at it isn't it that's that's probably the most important part to to getting getting anything from whatever sport or person you listen to yeah i think we you know we often you know, we ask our, we ask ourselves as coaches and we ask our coaches to think about things like what's the why what's the how etc cetera, etc cetera. so i find myself watching stuff like that and i'm thinking well why do they do that how would that then look in our in our field yeah or, or you know would it fit would it not fit and if it wouldn't why wouldn't it but then if it would why and how would it and so i get lucky listening i think it just gets me curious and it i think you do i think you start to i think i i think you look you start to look at stuff differently and you really look at stuff as opposed to just like you say looking at a screen yeah, yeah. And, and i think that's the difference you know we and we are through through whether it's through the roles i do and you did or through coach education we encourage coaches to you know go away and look at stuff and watch stuff but then yeah. even in that there's a there's a skill to watching stuff isn't there? there's a skill to looking at stuff and not just looking at the screen and you know if that makes sense it's a it's it's you're looking at stuff differently i suppose is it maybe that's the way to to summarize that yeah okay then last last question before we we start to wrap up mate because me and you will talk all day and then we'll yeah, we'll get in trouble that the listeners have <laughs> been listening for several hours. If um, might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but if you could recommend to our listeners three uh, people or things, whether that's a podcast, show, book, or anything that that you think they would that would whet their curiosity, um, that's not football related, and I'll share a couple that that might be different. So someone wants to go away and, and start to try and draw some things from other sports, what what three recommendations might you give them, whether that be a person, a book, a show or something like that? Have you got any that spring to mind? Yeah, so there's loads, mate. And to be fair, you've given me a couple as well. You've given me a couple of crackers over the summer, which has <laughs> accompanied me on a number of runs and bike rides. Um, although listening to you know certain things while you're on the bike is not always the safest place to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll, trying to I'll, make I'll, notes I'll, as you go down the hill. <laughs> I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage that. Um, so there's there's a couple. So um, there's a book called um, Consigliary. Now um, I will while I'm on and I'll I'll Google it and I'll better spell it for you. So it's by a guy who used to work for Sachi and Sachi. Okay. And, and it's about leading from the shadows. Was he the gentleman who presented on the e hoc? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him uh, talk. He's fascinating about being number two. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and I, I, I bought the book off the back of listening to him. Um, and while I'm online with you, I am going to Google it so that I can tell you his. Um, I found it. Richard Heitner, Consigliere, Leading from the Shadows. There you go. Um, unbelievable read. All about, um, you know, the. the the big, the big bits for me, and linking it to my role, the, the bits I took out of that were bits around, you know, there's, there's a leader in our program, the, you know, the, the academy manager drives, he's the leader of the program. Arguably, we are the next person in that chain of command, I guess. How can we influence, drive, support that, that leader by doing our work in the shadows a little bit and not always taking credit maybe for stuff that's going on and being prepared to, you know, to float around in the background, have influence, but not necessarily be the one that, that that's, that's, that's taking the credit for stuff. And fascinating, really interesting. And it was listening to him on the EHOC that that, that that got me thinking about um, about that. And the book's a great read. So yeah, that, that would be one. Um, the uh, couple of podcasts. So um, the Magic Academy podcasts. So Russell and Shaw, who are, a lot of people, I'm guessing, listening to this will, will also maybe have listened to or encountered. Um, 
any any of the podcasts I've got on there. Pick and listen. There's about sixty or seventy. There's a load. So you've got to pick yeah. and choose and look through and maybe find people that you want to listen to. But really interesting. And even Russ, you know, Russ, just having a, a conversation with Russ is fascinating. Um, really takes you out of your or challenges your thinking. Um, he's in fact he's doing a he's doing a session with our staff in in August. To be fair, so um, which I which I look forward to. But anything through Russ or the Magic Academy, really interesting. Lots of great stuff. The the, the current one that I'm on that you gave me um, is the Eddie Jones one podcast. Brilliant. Yeah, very good, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Fascinating. But again, you talk about you know listen. You know, to, you know, been there, seen it, done it, you know, World Cup winner, all the rest of it. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a learner. He's, you know, he, yes. You talk about, you know, finding, creating opportunities to go and think outside the box, get outside your bubble. You know, he he's the sort that has gone out to other sports. He, you know, he talks about going to observe and speak to Guardiola and people, you know, and how it made him think about his coaching and, you know, so come back to the stuff we've, we've been talking about a little bit about, you know, creating those opportunities for yourself. He does that and has done that. Um, and, you know, again, talking about, you know, he was a teacher, wasn't he? So, yeah, you know, how being a teacher has affected the way he coaches. You yeah, know, they're brilliant, that. Really, but, I, they're all fascinating. There's only six, though, isn't there, which is frustrating because once you got yeah. through them, you want some more. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy last night was talking about, about teaching the game and, you know, actually which teachers do you put with which age groups? You know, we are just teachers of the game, aren't we? We're no different to a teacher in a classroom, really. The ability yeah. to be a teacher and teach the game or whatever it might be and teach behaviours and whatever else. That's what we do as coaches day in, day out, week in, week out. So his stuff, fascinating. Um, the high-performance one that you put me on to, a couple of those are brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the Jay Comfrey High Performance Podcast, Ferdinand, Ant Middleton, and oh, there was one of them. I've listened to three. Have you listened to Sean Dosh yet? Sean Dosh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Not, and they don't they don't touch on football too much, do they? It's all them, like what? you said, that psych social stuff you touched on yeah. earlier, building the culture and yeah. getting people to a place where they can perform at their best. Is yeah. I got a couple more for you, mate. If you want, uh, mine uh, would be Bill Walsh. The score takes care of itself. Have you read that? Read it. Brilliant. Really good, isn't it? Yeah. And then. Um, I'm on Audible at the minute. I, I love that when I go out for my walks. I have uh, two books, Creativity Inc. And um, what's the other one called? I just finished it this morning. Have they got a podcast? Uh, to, no. So this one is a book, Creativity Inc. Uh, and to Pixar and beyond. They're both about Pixar and the, the company, how it was built and how they foster creativity and the struggles that Pixar had in its early days and yeah. Steve Jobs, it's fascinating, man, and just different. And that's, I think, to summarise what we're talking about, sometimes when you're in the football bubble and everything is football, everything can merge and blend into one, can't it? But as soon as something comes with a little different spin, it just captures your attention again, whether that's American football or rugby or just, just the terminology or yeah. you said there about the books, like something around... Pick, and I, I re-watched Toy Story the other day just because of the different lens it gave me and I found it fascinating when you hear what went into making that film it's yeah. I think it's incredible there's there's, there's that the, the bubble is the right word you know and I think about so I think about our Shrewsbury bubble we, we need to be getting out of our Shrewsbury bubble more often more frequently to check and challenge ourselves and and this lockdown has given us a chance to do that, to get out yeah. of that bubble, bubble far more frequently. Um, and for me, it can only be a good thing. It can only be a good thing. It can't, yeah. there can't be a negative from it at all. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it, it, if it doesn't spark a little bit of something, then, then people maybe aren't maybe quite looking at it, maybe deeply enough or thinking about it. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. I think the context is key as well, isn't it? We, we're working football. We want, we want to be experts in that. So yeah. everything must, we must link everything back to football and we must still do the stuff in the bubble to yeah. help us master our craft of football. But right. I think what we're touching on today is that looking externally and, and finding different things can enhance that, can't it? And just give you, maybe give you a little something that others don't have. If everyone's following the same career path and doing the same courses, etc. that might be the one thing that, 
that gives you the edge or just allows you to to add another few strings to your bow, I guess. I think you're right. For, you, for your players as well, isn't it? That's why we do it. I think if you think about, you're absolutely right. So, listen, go back to the start. You know, coaching wasn't a, th- a real thing when I left school. You know, it, it, it's a real thing now, isn't it? So if you want to go and be a coach, it's a real job. It's a real thing. It's a real profession. It, that wasn't the case, whatever, 20, whatever, nearly 30 years ago. So um, that's changed a lot. So it's about then how, how do you start to differentiate from you know everybody else a b license is a b license an a license is an a license and that's not me you know talking down those qualifications because we all work very hard to get an a license and a, you know whatever else but there'll come a point when everyone's got one so where's your where's your learning then where does the learning come from and it, it it's got to come from other sources other people other conversations other and, and for me actually of all the courses I've, I've maybe been on and all the, you know, programs you've, you've sat through and whatever else, the best bits are just those, the, these conversations. So this conversation we're having this morning or, you know, a, a phone call with a coach you haven't caught up to for a little while because you've now got a bit of time on your hands, whatever it might be, they're the best bits. Yeah, yeah, that's your that's your chance to really make it personable, isn't it, and really shape it as you want. Because Absolutely. course course content is often quite generic, but then you say when you sit in the bar at night, and me and you will chat about a real specific part that's maybe a big struggle of mine or a big passion of mine. That's where you really draw down. It becomes a lot deeper, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, for sure. It's it's. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, right, mate. Really conscious of time. I know you got loads on, so uh, let's start to wrap it up with a few quick time, quick fire questions, mate. And uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. You, you may know what's coming, but in your opinion, mate, who would be the best manager of all time? <sighs> okay, so uh, I will go with. You're going to uh, go football. You might not go football. Imagine that if you throw I'm out not, a non-football one. <laughs> my first thought is not football, so I'm going to go someone like. Uh, I don't know how far back I can think. I'm going to go someone like um, Steve Hansen. Okay, and why? All Blacks. And why? Why is that, mate? What is it about him? Uh, so didn't just do it at the All Blacks. Did it at Wales? I, think, I believe he was coach at Wales as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so did it in you know Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere. You know, produced championship winning teams. Sorry to uh, jump in. Did you did you hear on that Eddie Jones podcast that? He came to the Northern Hemisphere as like a planned a planned route to learn more about the game so that when he went back to the Southern Hemisphere, he could make it a more rounded yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, I that's fascinating, isn't it? Just yeah. You talk about stepping outside of you and going and have a look and going and experience. And listen, that, that's, you know, all the, qualifi- all, the, all the qualifications in the world won't get you that way. Like, so yeah, yeah. someone like that, probably, you know, you could, you could throw in your Phil Jacksons and that sort of people, couldn't you? But... I'll go. I'll go. Steve Hansen. I like that. Um, my question here then is: is best Premier League player of all time? Let, let's hear your opinion on that, and then if you want to chuck in, because we're talking all sports today. Go on. Who's your favourite, or who do you think's been the best Premier League player of all time? Um, I think you've probably got to go some someone along the lines of a Giggs. Listen, as a Villa man, I could even throw in there a Gareth Barry, based on longevity. Okay. What you about know, a gig? What about, someone like that, yeah, probably. yeah. Played at that Serial level. Winner. You know what, what about I mean? um, what about uh, outside of sport, uh, football? Who would be sort of the pinnacle successful athlete who's sort of coming springing to your mind as the best ever? That's a really hard question across all sports, but right. who would... you've probably got to go your your Tom Brady's and your I'm not, obviously basketballs Michael Jordan in it. I probably got your Tom Brady. I'd imagine would be in there. Again, same reasons, longevity, serial winner. You know, it doesn't happen by accident, does it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It'll be uh, interesting to see how he does it under a new regime this season. But He's gone to the books, uh, hasn't he? And he um, the coach there is, to go off subjects, Bruce Arians, who was at the Cardinals in the um, in the All or Nothing documentary. Okay. I watched. Brilliant. He, That'd be interesting. He's, he's got a book called The Quarterback Whisperer. Okay. So, um, <laughs> It's on the list of books to, to purchase. So have a little listen. Okay, I like that one. Um, best 
best Premier League team of all time. So a specific season or team or from a, a, a sort of uh, era, who do you think has been the best Premier League team of, of all time? You can't. You've either got to go either Arsenal, Invincibles, or you've got to go Man United. The year they won the, the European Cup treble. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the spots. I would imagine fairly popular. Yeah. Okay then, mate. And to to wrap it up then, your all-time England eleven. Okay. So I don't know how many Villa players I can sneak in. That's the challenge. <laughs> Probably the answer to that would be none. Uh, I'll so I'll go. Uh, I'll go Seaman. I'll then go. I'll go three at the back. So I'll go Ferdinand, Neville, Gary Neville, that is, um, and Tony Adams. I'll then go McManaman, one side. I'll go, I'll hold, let me think about my left side. As me, <laughs> as me middle three, I will go Gascoigne. I will go. Uh, God, now I'm thinking. I will go Madison. I will go. I need one more in there. Then I need it. I need a maybe need a deep liar. Paul Ince. Uh, I'll go Lineker and Shearer as my front two. And I need a left-sided player. And I'll go, because I watched it the other week, Anderton. Nice. Not a bad, not a, a few, few different, different players there we've not heard of before. Good. But I guess that as we've touched on today, it's about how you work in them psychosocial boxes to get them playing, isn't it? You know, well, that, not just about. No Gerald <laughs> no Lampard, but listen. Or Skulls. Or Skulls. Couldn't play together, could they? So there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> listen. Mate, I, I really appreciate your time. It's always uh, a pleasure chatting to you and, and picking your brains. And again, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, seeing how you guys have, have thought outside the box to, to, to ensure your, you and your staff are continuing to develop and, and become more curious over this lockdown. And thanks for letting me jump in on that as well. So, um, pleasure, mate. Yeah, listen, mate, can continue to do what you do. I really enjoy it. I'll invite you on to next week. We've got one on Monday, which you might like. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. So, then, um, I imagine we'll be going till about the end of August with these, maybe even longer. So I'll have to no. really think outside the box for for who I'll be getting on come come September if that's where we're at. So we'll see. No, brilliant, great stuff. Thanks for your time, mate. Pleasure, mate. Brilliant. Cheers. Cheers, pal. All the best. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed that. I know I certainly did. Um, As I said at the start, please go and give uh, us a a subscribe if you don't already. Uh, A rating, five stars will be excellent. Um, And a comment, it does help spread the podcast. But other than that, I hope everyone's staying safe, enjoying the football back on TV, and we'll see you all again very, very soon. Take care. If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Thank you.